Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production. A dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. I would like to thank the patrons that make this possible. Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Robin Mims, Tim Demuse, and Wesley Sullivan. Stay tuned after our tale to hear what these glorious people have in the works. But for now, let us listen. Greetings and welcome to the first episode of Taraxian Nights. This episode will follow Adira as she meets her new companion, Kumiho. What dark path do they wander down? And will they succeed in their quest? Only time will tell. We are following the side story now of Adira and a new hero. We are going to welcome Don, uh, who you may know of as being the player of Seder Jax. Uh, go ahead and introduce your character. Hey, they should also know Don because they listen to Dusters. <laughs> yes, I am Don. Uh, thank you for having me back. I will be playing a Kitsune Paladin named Kumiho. Uh, he is a 5'11", 120-pound humanoid anthropomorphic fox. Uh, he's got, uh, in his in his true form, that anthropomorphic uh, true form, he's got faded red fur, uh, denoting the beginnings of middle age with uh, singed whiskers, but he's got a perpetual smile on his face, wearing resplendent but worn and probably dirty burnt orange cloth armor covered in small nubs around the shoulders, which are underneath a golden, but uh, yet again, a stained mucky cloak. And uh, on his hands, he has uh, shiny rings, and uh, a, a fine chain hangs around his neck. All right. So we are going to jump into uh, where we left off last time with Adira leaving the party. She wandered away from the town of Gira. She came to a crossroads, one heading back down to the road that the party had been traveling between Starlight and Thorn and one breaking off and heading back east earlier through the Kamer Wood. She decided to travel through the Kamer Wood as to avoid any trouble on the prior road. Within a couple days travel, she would be seeing more signs of expanded civilization, a few farmsteads here and there in breaks in the woodland. During the night, one night, uh, instead of her usual dreams and nightmares, Adira would have a strange dream that kept the nightmares at bay, though it may have been somewhat unsettling. Instead of running through the ashen wastes of Abaddon, she found herself standing in a black room, uh, devoid of almost all light. However, before her, 
uh, she would see as if lit a pedestal made of stone, a slab with a cloth carried across its surface, very obviously someone beneath it. Uh, and Adira, yes, Adira, we're not drinking this time for it. What, what do you do? You're just standing in this darkness with this slab before you. Uh, I imagine she's going to walk up and see whose body is under the sheet. As you go to, uh, take the sheet, uh, it's almost not that you can see through it necessarily, but you you gain the understanding that beneath it is uh, the body of Weiss, the uh, tiefling merchant from Gira. Okay. Um, I think she'd still pull the sheet back and check. Like, intuition is one thing, but, you know, seeing it with your own eyes. You pull back... You pull back the sheet, and indeed, you see Weiss there. His body burned, his body scorched and charred. But you can't help but feel like it's at rest. It's uh, like there is a sort of odd peace coming from it. I think being who she is, she would probably utter a small prayer, uh, not to any of the normal gods, but uh, to her god and to possibly psychopops in general, uh, as she knows that they will be responsible for escorting him to whatever afterlife he is judged for when uh, he meets for asthma. Uh, kind of just wishing him safe travels. You would hear a voice behind you. Well, safe travels have been had. And uh, she would turn around and, uh, well, that, that is good news to hear indeed. Uh, so where did you end up? You would see a skeletal version of Weiss standing behind you. Eh, nowhere yet. But I've got something to part with before I move on further. I've got a long line to wait in, you see. I remember. He'll reach around, drawing from the shadows a pair of items. A suit of armor that looks like it has a sort of twilight influence to its construction. But it's also very dark and blends in with the shadow. And also turns around a shield. Uh which um, is uh, presented to you. Uh, it is a steel shield. Thought you might need these, but it looks like you don't quite use this kind. Well, uh, if the if the shield has no sentimental meaning to you I could always possibly sell it for money to uh, get something more to my liking perhaps and who knows maybe it'll serve another purpose and he will step forward and hand you this equipment 
upon passing this gear off to you. Yeah, I guess it's my turn to wish you safe travels. Uh, thank you. And he'll sort of wave and just fade into the darkness. You would wake up shortly thereafter, despite the dream being short. Uh, it seems to have been quite a long rest. Um, I imagine the first thing she will do is uh, switch out uh, her new armor in her gauntlet. She'll keep her tower shield in the gauntlet, but she'll put the uh, mountain pattern pattern in there as well. And okay. she'll put the other shield in her backpack with her chain. All right. So you are now wearing this new armor. It looks very fancy and expensive. It's made out of magically darkened metal with jet and topaz gemstones embedded into each little piece of the scale. Cool. And it is also quite intimidating looking. Might need to start putting ranks in that. Perhaps. Uh, but it will also give you a plus five bonus to stealth due to that magical darkness. Okay, that's cool. Alright, so you wake up and begin traveling again? So yeah, after she got the armor switched out, uh, she would uh, dismiss her eagles that keep watch for night and resummon her horse and pack her gear on it and get back on the road. She's uh, trying to make the best time she can to Starlight. Alright, so you come upon a small uh, village uh, that you can see at a bit of a distance. Um, it does have a sort of like a wooden pike wall erected around it. Uh, go ahead and make me a perception check. Okay. Uh, these are those things that Adira is not very good at. Thirteen. Kumiho, go ahead and give me one as well. Fifteen. Or uh, seventeen, rather. Alright, so with a thirteen, I think you would notice around the edges of town uh, kind of pushed to the sides of the road or small red-skinned bodies. Definitely humanoid in structure, but terribly beaten and cut. So these are like uh, reminiscent of like the stuff that Nixie told us about the squirrel we found. She only said red-skinned red creatures and you never saw the squirrel. Yeah, but they had described it, so it's the reason I was asking. Yeah, a bit, yeah. I mean, you're not taking, like, a real close look at them. Right. Or anything. The only reason you pick up that they're red is because there's some firelight coming from the walls. Uh, Kumiho, you would be traveling out of the woods at this time, returning to town after having dealt with a small band of these crimson goblins. A monster that has been an issue in the area since the cataclysm uh you would you would see this uh this woman this armored woman in uh on a horse riding into town okay and uh the horse has a strange quality to it it's certainly not a normal horse okay and i think i'd be riding my horse back into town as well i don't think uh adira would notice because i feel like you'd be behind her ah uh, and Kumiho will uh, sidle up next to her, uh, grip the reins, pull aside. Ah, is this your handiwork? The bodies? Yes. No. They were dead already. 
I just came back from a little extortion of my own dealing with uh, this lot. Nasty bit of business. Have you come across these? Uh, we've heard some tale of red-skinned creatures that if I'm understanding the translation from what the Nixie said correctly, that they're problematic and they tend to get big. A Nixie, eh? You ran into a Nixie. She tried to drown one of my traveling companions. Oh, no. It didn't seem to bother him any. Is he traveling along with you? No. I decided to part ways with them. On your own, in this time. I'm not afraid. No, I, I can see that. It was very intimidating presence I saw as I rode up. I am Kumiho. I am Adira. Nice to meet you, Adira. Do you know anything about the village ahead? Uh, you, you probably would. Um... So this little village is just called Alton. It's not a very big village. Uh, these defensive structures around it were created after the cataclysm. It used to be very open. The local villages here in the Kamer would have been being assaulted by these crimson creatures. And they do take a great deal of sizes from small animals. Uh, the largest you've seen and luckily uh, avoided uh, a fight with was a small band of ogre-sized ones. Most of them seem to be these uh, goblin-sized ones, and hence they've taken on the, the nickname of Crimson Goblin. As I was saying, I just got back from a little altercation of my own in the woods. I, I wouldn't mind a, a sit-down. Have you, have you eaten? Uh, not yet, uh was actually hoping that maybe the village would have an inn, uh, possibly a tailor, and if I'm lucky, even uh, an armor. May I accompany you, Adira? I do not see why not. As you wander towards town, you see someone on the other side of the gate, which the gate is just made of uh, bound and woven branches and poles and whatnot just to offer some sort of defensive resistance. Somebody peers through it, sees two people who obviously aren't crimsoned approaching, and the gate opens. You see a lightly armored, as in like cloth armor, figure holding a spear at the side of the gate. Uh, Hiyo! Hello. Where are you two coming from? Uh, I was most recently in Gira. I was entrenched in the woods for a spell. May we pass? Sure thing. Uh, any news from Gera? Um, it, the issue with Gera has been solved. They, they are able to rebuild now. We've not received any news. What was the problem? A, uh, do you know what a chitin is, dear? Oh, no, I can't say I have. Uh, well, they're evil creatures from the Plane of Shadow, and it was taking people from the village and taking to them to the Plane of Shadow to perform evil rituals upon them. Oh, it's, it's awful. It's dead now. That, that's good. 
That's good to hear. It's good to hear good things happening out there. Uh, tell me, you know, sir. We've still got these crimson bastards. Do y'all have an inn? Aye. The loose duck. Right over there. Uh, two buildings over. Can't miss it. And what about a tailorer and an armor? Well, we've a blacksmith. He might be able to do some armor work for you. Old Lady Winston, she's pretty good at uh, cloth making, so she might do for a tailor. Sounds perfect. Is Kumiho in his human or his fox form? Or fox man? Fox man form. Okay. And you, uh... Um... I am Kumiho. You can call me Kumiho. Uh, you're one of them uh, fox folk from the north, right? You'll a smirk. Indeed I am. I am coming from Caravel. I was on my way to Starlight and was waylaid along with the caravan I was following. Well, I don't know what news come out of Starlight. We've not seen much hide nor hair of people since, uh, since all things went to hell. We've had a few people pass through in the early days, but not so much in these past couple of weeks. You're welcome in as well. Uh, anything you need? Any questions? Yes, is there a church of Abadar here? Unfortunately, our small town's not big enough for a dedicated church. Uh, the temple does support his worship, though you're plenty welcome to attend. I shall do just that. Thank you very much. What was your name? Uh, my name's John. John. John Astor. John Astor. A pleasure to meet you. It's good to meet you too, Mr. Miho. Yeah, he'll nod. You you folk, uh, get in, uh, get situated, or close the gate back up. Let's uh, so hope we not have any more raids today. If you do, you can count on my swords. That would be much appreciated. Have raids been a problem for you? Aye, the Crimson Goblins, the reckless lot. It used to be the Goblins were rarely an issue, they would more or less, when times went bad, coexist with us pretty well, but these days there's no stopping them, and something's happened to them, they're strange now, no eyes, split faces, it's, they're horrifying. All they want to do is eat. Um, Kum Kumihu's going to, uh, dig into, uh, just into the fold of his, uh, armor and, uh, toss down a whistle. You give that a blow if there's anyone nearby. No matter where I'm in town, I will hear it and I will come charging for you. Thank you again, Mr. Me. I'll, I'll keep good a hold of this and pass it on when shift changes. And as as y'all make your way into town, he'll he'll do as he said and close the gate back up behind you. It looks like they're using a, uh, like both sides of the gate have like a knob on it and they use rope and tie it together and entwine it to strengthen the hold. Once you're inside, it is a pretty small village. Um, Adira, the places you had passed on your way, those farmsteads, they all looked quite empty, dull, no one living there. And you feel like perhaps many more people have come to stay in the village as their small shanty-style shacks uh, constructed uh, against other buildings and whatnot in and out of which uh, people occasionally emerge or enter. Yeah, I think she will go first to the inn. All right, uh, you find the loose duck with great ease. Gathering the stuff off her horse and dismissing it. 
before going inside to see if she can get a room. Kumiho, you would probably take notice that her somewhat otherworldly horse, uh, once she unloads from it, she kind of just gives it a pat and it vanishes. Uh, his eyes all light up. A, a spectral steed and you came across a chitin. You've, you're quite the experienced adventurer, no? Um, well, it's not spectral. It's a, a summoned creature. Ah, of course. It's uh, easier than having to care for a living horse. Yes, me and Sweetfoot, we we butt heads occasionally, but I don't know. I, I, I kind of like having a, at least one companion I can count on on my journeys. Well, I figure I may end up going places that it would be difficult to uh, get a horse to follow, so... And uh, uh, Kumiho has dropped down and has uh, secured Sweet Feet, uh, the horse, to uh, a post nearby the inn. He's going to go inside as well. Right. So within the inn, there are several people. I wouldn't call it jam-packed in here, but it's pretty densely populated. People around conversing, eating, drinking. There's not a lot of carousing or any merrymaking really going on. There's someone in the corner... uh, kind of plucking at the strings of a lute. Not badly, but not really well, and not really actively either. It's kind of just uh, background music of sort. There's a half-elven man behind the counter, uh, and as you walk in, he says, Ah, there, strangers. Uh, Please, welcome. Uh, What can I get you? Have you any news of the outside? Well, um... Everything's gone to hell since the ring broke. If that counts as news. Uh, not quite, I'd imagine, but uh, is it the same as around here? Is it this, these crimson goblins and whatnot? Uh, it seems different places have different issues. Uh, well, are there at least still people out there? We've not seen oh, yes, any in there, still people. recent weeks. Um, I... Travel is just not extremely safe. That That's some good news. Uh, we feared some of us for the worst, you know? Uh, not having had a visitor for nigh on two and a half weeks now, I think. No visitors in two weeks. Your supplies must be getting quite thin. Uh, well, when everything started going to hell, uh, we had a few smart people bring in stockpiles. So... We are holed up for now. Uh, we are rationing our food, um, trying to spread it out as much as possible. Of course, uh, we've not a shortage of water, thankfully, uh, thanks to the well. But it, it is a little rough. We've had people go out and scavenge, uh, hunt. A few haven't returned, but for the most part, we've gotten a few bounties off of that. Come, uh, I'd like to hear a- any stories and news you might have, if only to pass the time. Did you receive many refugees when the ring broke? Uh, from the surrounding land. Sure, not many from afar. Uh, in the first couple of days, few people passed through, but they saw what little defense we had at the time and decided to pass on. So, most of us here are locals. I was just curious, I'm, uh, trying to find a man who, from Starlight, he likely returned there, but... 
I wasn't sure where he was staying in the meantime. Are you on your way to Starlight as well? Yes, I made a promise to a gentleman there that I would come back for him, so I figure it's most prudent to do so before I leave the country. You have big plans, Dira. I always have big plans. I myself was on a trade caravan on my way down to Starlight. We were, uh, as I said before, we were waylaid. Unfortunately, I was the only one to escape with my life. And, well, I don't have much business there without the caravan, but uh, a contract's a contract. I, I need to see the mission through. Well, I'm afraid you'll not find much there. Those who could flee, fled. Those who stayed... There's some kind of disease that's going around there that turns their blood purple and makes them not quite themselves. Would uh, Kumiho run into something like that? Any of that? Uh, he has not run into any purple-blooded individuals. Okay. Uh, though he has seen uh, several strange things in his travels. Mostly these crimson creatures, which, as I said, he would know not to be purely restricted to uh, goblins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not familiar with this affliction. I perhaps my abilities may be of some use down there. Uh, how far away is Starlight from here? Uh, Starlight is. If you travel by the road, Starlight is another day and a half travel east, and then a two days travel south. Okay. There is another town along the way, slightly out of the way, probably an hour off the main road. Uh, called Turg, uh, and it's just a little past the southward turn. Okay. Uh, what can I get to, what can I get for you to drink, Adira? My treat this time. I typically only bother with tea. I tend to avoid alcohol. Oh, tea is pleasant. It quite quenches the thirst, and I feel the, the locals here would much prefer to have the ale on reserve than tea. I will share a cup if you would. I hope that you don't mind that all we've got is herbal. Yeah, no black tea in the area. That's fine. If you have a spot of food, that that would be most helpful too. Of course. And if you've anything to trade, uh, we'd much prefer that over coin. But uh, I can give you some minimum on it. We don't want anyone going hungry. Um, are you in need of any gear? I have a chain shirt and a dagger. Both of which I'd gladly give up for some food and maybe a place to sleep for the night. Personally, I'm pretty sure someone could use it. While I'm arranging for your food, I'll go and find John and see if he has uh, any preference on that. Uh, John is up by the gate. No, no, no not John. Uh, John, his superior. Oh. John. Okay. John, like a J-A-R. And how is the other one spelled? J-O-H-N, I think. I see. That's John. John and John. I, I know it could be confusing at times. Uh, we've, we've got about six guards as of... We used to only have uh, John and John, actually. But uh, now that we, we've got about six guards... Well, regardless, if they can make use of them, they can have them. And I will still pay you coin if need be. I'll go see if he's anything he'd like to return and trade. Uh, we try to be a fair people here. Timmy? And he shouts over at a uh, younger-looking uh, half-elven boy. Timmy, uh, whip these some up, will ya? Put a bit of ham in. And uh, 
he'll head out the front door and the kid will go back behind the counter and start cooking. Uh, Kumiho's gonna uh, smile like, for a moment I thought he was going to call that young child Jonathan or something. <laughs> there does seem to be a theme in this town, huh? Perhaps there's a, a, a local hero they're all named in honor of. There could be. So it, it wouldn't take but a couple of minutes and you'll see that the bartender, whose name you don't know, and a dwarven man of about middle age uh, will enter the tavern. And the dwarven man will approach you too. So I hear you're, uh, you're offering some armor and a fine dagger to, uh, to help the town. Uh, she'll take out the, the chain shirt and the dagger and hand it to you. These are good, mate. A sight better than what our local blacksmith usually cranks out. Of course, he's used to working horseshoes. Tell me, is there anything else you might be looking for? Uh, anything we can offer and trade for this? Um, well, actually, I, I'd acquired about a smith. Uh, I have a, a tower shield and steel shield. I was kind of looking for a better tower shield. I prefer large shields. Um, so if anybody has anything like that, I would be willing to work and trade with that too. If you don't mind, might I take a look at your shield? I could almost certainly gauge whether or not uh, you'd be able to improve upon what you've got. Uh, so she will activate her gauntlet, but only pull out the shield. Oh, that's a trick. <laughs> uh, makes it easy when traveling. Um, I don't have to have it out while riding. Unless I need it. Well, the good news is it looks like you've got yourself a good shield. The bad news is I don't think our smith's in quite the wheelhouse that whoever made this was in. It looks to be in good condition. That's, that's fine. I'm quite sturdy. That's understandable. Now, I'm sure if you need anything repaired, he could manage that. Um, I typically don't have too many problems with repair. I have a little bit of magic that lets me take care of little dings and nicks before they get bad. Battle mage, are you? Yes, sir. So we could use somebody like you around here. Not much in the way of magic users, save for a gnome that has a, a faint bit of natural magic on his side, but nothing quite good enough to uh, bite off the crimsons. Do you know where these goblins are coming from? We imagine they're coming from their village. Uh, it's deeper into the woodlands. Uh, there's a swamp in there where they hole up in the only strong dry patch of land in it. Uh, it's a lot of natural defense in that way, but we've not been able to get halfway there since this started happening. What prevents you from getting there? Them. There's many of them now, and frankly, it's, it's, it's problematic. And there's other things out there, more crimson beasts like them, but not animals. Animals that are twisted and freakish hungry for flesh I've, I've heard of these animals uh, unfortunately they're probably not going to go away anytime soon she will reach into her bag and pull out the shield that Weiss gave her and hand it to him this is a very fine shield yes he, he like hits it and I have no real use for it, and it seems like your people are in need of better gear. Take it. I miss. 
Thank you very much. Uh, we've no mayor, but I'm a, I'm a, I suppose I'm a force in the town. You go around anywhere you need something. You tell them, John Yarlfist told you to help you out, and uh, they'll give you anything they can. Uh, I was going to meet with a woman to uh, the your guard mentioned that might be able to do some sewing. Uh, old Lady Winston. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, may not be the fastest in the world, but she's definitely a fine hand at stitching and sewing. And then, of course, uh, I was hoping to have a room until the sewing was done. Kanan? And he looks at the uh, at the half-elf bartender who just nods back at him. You've got a room. Thank you. Uh, Yarn, is it? Yes. I am Kumiho. Uh, thank you for your hospitality. Unfortunately, my personal possessions are about all I possess at this point, and I do not have much I can barter with, but... I wonder how many people live are currently living in this village of yours. Well, if you're talking about the buildings proper, we've got about, say, 30 people staying in the common room here at the inn, uh, in shifts. About the town, uh, I'd say we've another 80 more or so. It's dense for such a small area, but we're doing what we can. We couldn't leave, leave people out to be on their own in the farmlands. How many of them are fit for fighting? Several, but you are, uh, we don't have much equipment. Uh, which is why this helps so much. This is enough to at least outfit one more person. So, uh, this would be quite welcome in increasing the number of guards from six to seven. Uh, we've probably another half dozen at least that are able-bodied and willing. Probably more, but as I said, we're low even on farm tools. And one of our guards is using a pitchfork. The ingenuity of the free people's never ceases to amaze me. It's it's good that you can show such ingenuity. And as as long as I am here, I I gave a signal whistle to uh, Mr. John at the gate, and while I'm here, I am more than happy to come to the aid of anyone who needs assistance. Aster's a good man. Always worked well for me. He'll keep that close with him until shifts change. And I appreciate that. I do. If you had more equipment, do you think the people could defend themselves? Could push back these goblins? A sight better than we already are. We're able to defend against small raids, usually with little to no injury, but they've been driving at us more and more. I take it you saw the bodies outside from whichever direction you came from. Mm -hmm. Yes. That was just the latest raid. But properly equipped, do you think they could make it to the town and end this problem? It'd be a risk, I'm not going to lie, but possibly. I will see what I can do about getting some equipment for you. Thank you very kindly, miss. Might I ask your name? I am Adira, Shabti of the Makala Barashan. That's quite the mouthful. Is Adira all right? It is. And thank you very much, Adira. And you, Foxfolk? It's just Kumiho is fine. Good to see you, Faithful, the Vault Lord. And, uh, he'll, uh, Kumiho incline his head with a grin. You're both welcome to anything within reason. And I thank you for 
what you've done for us so far and anything you can further do. Um, perhaps when we're through after dinner, if, if you have time, you could introduce me to the seamstress. Absolutely. I'll be near the well. Uh, it's a good central location in town. I can get to any gate while tending to most people's needs. Have you had dinner? You're more than welcome to join us. Ah, uh, yes, I've eaten already. Thank you. He'll nod to the bartender and take the cure you've given him and head out. And around this time, uh, you will be served. It, it's not quite a bowl and it's not quite a plate. It's somewhere in between, but it's got some porridge, some bread and a bit of ham in it, as well as some uh, herbal tea. So, uh, you are a, a paladin of Abadar, you say? Yes, yes, uh, all my life. I owe Abadar a bit of a small debt. Well, that's certainly the god that you would owe a debt to if it wasn't for Asma. Ah, uh, no, no. When I first came to this plane, I had nothing, and there was a church of Abadar that provided me with shelter and clothing and food. Uh, a traveler of the plains as well. Not by choice, but yes. I too was taken in by a church of Abadar, and I swore my life and my abilities to our god of walls. Well, should it come to your attention a way that I could repay Abadar, let me know. And you, is there a god you serve that I may prostrate myself for? Uh... A demigod is what I've been, well, what I've come to understand. Uh, he is, uh, you know, what a psychopomp is. Uh, would that be a common thing? Uh, you can roll a religion. It's going to be a pretty easy I don't word. have religion. You don't? Hold up. Nope, I don't think I put anything in it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a That's paladin of deed, not of word. Okay. He knows the paladin's code. Yes. That's what's important. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you still go ahead and roll. We'll see if you get a ten. It is relatively common understanding. Uh. Hmm. Oh, not quite. You'd probably be more familiar with the term reaper, but uh, the answer is no. You don't know what a psychopomp is. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I'm not familiar. I, I must admit, I was not much of a student. I, I cut my teeth with the blade more than the book. Oh, psychopomps are the beings that help move, I guess you would call them souls, to the boneyard, from the boneyard to, to wherever their afterlife dictates. They are escorts of such. Ah, and, and you, you have pledged yourself to this psychopomp? Uh, the psychopomp rescued me from another plane. So I have, I have a debt to him as well. Well, I don't know that I owe him anything, uh, as of yet, if he ferries people across planes, but if I run into him, I'll, I'll put in a good word for you. But did, did you say you had plans to equip and arm these villagers? I I don't know if I can accomplish it or not, but I have something in mind. Please, if uh, if you have any ideas of any way I could help, I 
I, I am ashamed I wasn't able to offer any spare gear, but in these times I, I couldn't afford to risk my own safety for, well, this, this lovely bull plate of porridge and ham. I have a contact that likes to play tit for tat, so we'll see what he would want in exchange. Kumiho will raise an eyebrow at this. Uh, I thought you were traveling alone. I am, but uh, he's an outsider, so he can be where he needs to be. And uh, this Kumiho will just chuckle into his tea. I feel I should stop asking questions. I feel you you have a little bit of an answer for everything. It's it's, it's quite exciting. <laughs> Life in this plane has been too exciting since I arrived. Y'all would eat up. Yeah. They'll offer you seconds and refills if you want them. Uh, no, she wouldn't she wouldn't take any more food and drink from him than necessary. Same with Kumiho. He's he he's uh grateful for the hospitality. He had hoped a coin would have uh paid his way. He didn't couldn't have known that uh gear would have been more preferred than coin. And for as a as a paladin of Abadar, the fact that they were less than thrilled to see coin being tossed around it kind of uh draws his uh curiosity. You had to be reduced to the bartering system. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, she would eat and then she'd go find Jarn so he can introduce her to the seamstress. Alright, before you left, uh, Kanan would uh, give you a key to your room. Alright, in that case, she'll go up to her room for a minute, put down the stuff she doesn't need to carry around with her. Alright, it, it's a very small room, but functional. Once she gets her stuff settled down, since she's alone, she'll go ahead and be like, uh, hey, Taraxis, <laughs> you around, buddy? Aren't I always? Well, I wasn't sure. I didn't hear from you there for a while while we were in the shadow plane. Oh, well, I was observing. Of course, I wasn't going to interfere. So then, I suppose you know what I'm about to ask you. I have some assumptions, yeah. but as I'm here now, who knows? Well, uh, my question is simple. These people need some basic gear to defend themselves. What would you want in exchange for bringing that gear here? Hmm. Your new traveling companion has drawn my interest a touch. Of course, I've not been introduced to him. That could be quite entertaining. So you want an introduction? Yes. I can arrange that. Good. This being done, I have no issue outfitting this small settlement with whatever gear they may need. Alright, works for me. I have a, a meeting to go to. Uh, after that, I'll see if I can get my new companion up here away from the others for the introductory process. Very well. I'll see you soon, Adira. <laughs> I've missed you. <laughs> but she'll head on back down then to uh, go out and meet Jarn. Jarn, is that how All you right. say it? Jarn, yes. Jarn. Like yarn, but with a J. Yes. Yes, okay. Jarn. Yeah, how confusing is it? John and John. <laughs> I hate when I do that stuff. 
That was fine. You you recovered if by you don't want me on the show. <laughs> Just really excited. Spend a little time on this uh, character. <laughs> let me guess. Let me guess. You think he's gonna turn you into? No, no, no. Let me guess. Taraxis has uh, an accomplice that he wants to get <laughs> even with. That's uh, a Kitsune Lord, um, and only Kumiho could uh, make the proper inroads. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's much simpler than that. Is it the blood mist? No. Uh, but if uh, Adira is going to go uh, meet with Jarn, uh, Kumiho would like to go to that uh, the uh, the religious the religious man. Uh, the temple. The temple. Thank you. Uh, and I didn't write a name down for the. Uh, there was not one given. Okay. Cool. Okay. So you head out, Adira, in search of Jarn, and Kumiho looks for the temple. It's it's easy enough to find the temple. It is kind of like a pavilion. It's more or less open. Uh, it does have a roof and, you know, support and whatnot. Um, and there are about a dozen uh, different small shrines there, each of which looks like it's maintained by a, a person that's perhaps just there to watch over the temple as a whole. Mm -hmm. There is a uh, halfling uh, woman that is around nearby, dressed in gray not like really dark gray cloaks just kind of like a light gray cloak and robe just sitting on one of the many benches kumiho will walk right up bow deeply and extend his hand showing a ring with abadar's holy symbol on it the halfling lady will look up to you and you notice that she does look at the ring and she'll take your hand hello greetings i am kumiho tara pleasure to meet you tara i I'm, I gather you are the caretaker of this lovely shrine. Uh, yes, one of three. I, uh, I must make a confession if that's alright with you. Uh, of course, this is, this would be the place for it. He'll smile. Yeah, I just arrived from a, a trade caravan mishap, and while I, I suspected my money would be as good here as it would be back home in Caraval, it seems the bartering is the rule of the land here. Unfortunately, coin doesn't hold much good for us. We've nowhere to spend it. Yes, uh, I, I ran into that issue in the inn. And unfortunately, though my services are good and well-intentioned, I, I feel that I don't have much physical goods I can trade. However, I do have a certain something that may prove useful, though I... I don't know if I will be feared or hated for doing so. What might this be? And uh, he's going to dig into his uh, uh, armor out of a tunic or whatever and uh, pull out the uh, King's Vault key. That's a very, uh, very intricate and beautiful holy symbol of, of Abaddon. Yes, it, uh, it has a magical function as well. It was gifted to me by my patron... And, well, I don't know if it'll be enough to help everybody, but tell me, how well are the gods received in this village? And he looks around at, uh, it, it's not, it's definitely, a, it's not a temple devoted to one god. It, it's kind of like a, a catch-all general religious facility is what I'm gathering. 
Yeah, you, you would see like an altar to Abadar, you'd see an altar to Torag, uh, Saren Ray, Desna uh, has like it, a less official looking one kind of just tucked away in the corner. You would see one for Iomide, Aristil, Gazray, uh, one for Calistria, and several others uh, for Asma. This item, I feel doing it next to the the shrines to all the gods would have a bigger impact and perhaps sway others to look to our divine benefactors. And uh, he's going to walk up, um, kind of uh, stand up to his full height, just only five foot eleven, uh, and draw the key out and uh, insert it into the thin air and turn it. So a shimmering field of uh, light that vaguely uh, resembles a great oaken door appears before you four foot wide and eight foot high. It swings open before you. Inside is a resplendent manor of 60 cubic feet. 120. Okay. She would look rather uh, agape at it and walk up to it and be like, well, that's quite incredible. Uh, yes, it's a it's a gift from. Uh, uh, he's gonna he's gonna hesitate before from Abadar himself, if you'll believe it. And in these times, I'd be more inclined to believe most things. It has plenty of food, though it may not be as bountiful for all. But it's got a, a little bit of food for everyone. And well, I was I was hoping you would have some way of summoning all of the townsfolk. Certainly, I can go speak to Jarn and and have uh, have him pull the town together. And uh, me, uh, Kumiho's gonna uh, step inside and uh, sit down at one of the tables and just kind of wait for folk to show up. All right. So, Adira, you go f- and find Jarn. Yes. Uh, welcome, Miss Adira. Did you enjoy your meal? Um. Yes, sir. Uh, and I'm working on your armor problem right now. But I, I do need to meet with the seamstress. Of course. This way. And he'll lead you, like, kind of towards the southwest wall. And there's a small sort of cobblestone house there. To which he'll walk up and knock on the door quite heavily. Miss Winston. Miss Winston. Miss Winston, wake up. <laughs> there's... You, you hear kind of like a... Uh, clattering behind the door. And a, a grumpy-looking old lady just opens the door and is like, What do you want, John? <laughs> that came out way more fucking annoying than I wanted it to. You gotta commit. <laughs> <laughs> but, Miss... Miss... Goddamn. Uh, Miss Winston. <laughs> We've lost him. <laughs> he broke himself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. Miss Winston, uh, I have somebody here who would like to use your uh, textile abilities. She turns to you. Uh, these young ladies with all their, with their, their tits not sagging, they want something from me. Of course they do. They want a fancy new dress. They always do. Miss Winston, she's supplying the town with weapons and armor. I'd like to ask you to at least be nice. 
Sybil, at the very least. Oh, hello, dear. How are you? How can I help you? <laughs> um, well, I'm actually looking to have something made. Uh, it was commonly worn. Is it a fancy new dress? Well, it was constant. It was worn in ancient Helios. Uh, so it's not extremely extravagant. I don't suppose you happen to have any materials that are lightweight, gauzy in nature. Uh, yes, I've got a bit. I've got some gossamer. I've got some canvas, some jute. Uh, jute. Gossamer will work just fine. Um, All right, good. I was hoping you weren't going to ask for silk because I ain't got none of that, girl. <laughs> uh, perhaps if I could come in, I could kind of uh, sketch some things out for you, show you what I'm talking about. All right, all right. Invite yourself in. Good girl, yes. <laughs> She'll wave her hand. As as you walk in, like, Jarn goes to take a step in and she slams the door in his face. <laughs> <laughs> like, Adira is not, like, an artist or anything, but just to kind of get the basic idea of what she's needing across is simple enough because it's not a very complex thing. Well, on the upside... This isn't going to take a lot of sewing. Just a little. Uh, I can probably have it done in about a day. Uh, that will work just fine. I I do have some uh, thread and string on myself if you have need of it. I could always use more. I've to make things for the town. Recently, I'm running low on stocks and there's no one trading or making more. So I'm going to give her my 50 feet of thread. Because I feel like thread is mm. more useful for sewing than string is. Oh, thank you, dear. Now get out. <laughs> Traxxas has some All competition right. as my favorite NPC. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I, I will. I will take my leave. All right. So you you go outside and yarns just like fucking red in the face when you open the door. She is a interesting lady. When her husband died, it seems like he crawled up her ass before he did it. Like as you close the door behind you, just. Oh. <sighs> How long did she tell you it's gonna take? Uh, just a day. Come back in three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Daft woman has no sense of time. Well, I suppose with old age comes some failings. Not least of all her civility. I trust she wasn't too rude, at least. No, it's it's fine. As long as she can make the dress, that's all that's important. I'm glad you've not a, uh, shall we say, a noble's demeanor. Well, is there anything else you need, miss? No, I, I'm, I'm going to go on back to the inn and uh, wait for... Kumiho to return. Jarn! Jarn! Where is Jarn? I hear someone calling me. Uh, I'll see you later, miss. Alright. And so he trudges off. Yeah, she'll just head <laughs> back to the inn and, and wait for her new fox friend to return. Prior to his return, um, Jarn would actually show up at the inn again. Anybody looking for a meal and a nice place to rest, come down to the temple. Seems we've got a friend with a little bit of a magical mansion on his side. I think that would make her curious enough to go. 
right? Pr pretty much everybody kind of like gets up at it. Like some of them just like like jumping on it, and others like more apprehensively like kind of following. Uh, but yeah, if you follow to the temple, people are kind of just piling into this uh, this golden gateway, uh, in which is a rather resplendent and decadent mansion staffed with nearly transparent uh, servants decked out in finery and serving nice food. Sitting at the head of the table is Kumiho. Uh, yeah, she'll, she'll walk up and, and be like, uh, Kumiho, um, I need to make a small request of you. Oh, anything, Adira. Here, here. And uh, he'll uh, lean down and uh, uh, black tea, none of that herbal stuff, though it is good. Uh, this a little bit stronger. Well, I, uh, I told you that I had a contact that was an outsider. Oh, yes. Well, I've spoken to him, and he has agreed to arm the town. If I will introduce you to him. Oh, my presence is such a high price. I, I'm honored. I, I would, I would be pleased to meet your outside friend. Yeah, I would call him more of an ally than a friend. But uh, he has this this thing where he likes to observe people. It entertains him. But he always talks to them and asks their permission first. He likes to watch. He likes to watch. Uh, well, there's plenty of rooms here. Sure, have him come on by. Uh, I, I guess I'm feeding them and you're arming them. Together we make quite the team. Uh, I, I I think this would be better to wait until uh, you're through here so as not to startle the people. Oh, uh, a shy uh, ally, is he? Okay, um... And he's going to look around, uh, see the, the bustling servants. They don't really need me here. I was just kind of basking in the, the company. I haven't seen such smiles in... Uh, well, it's been... Nearly a month since I've seen a, such broad smiles on faces. Uh, one bit, bit back on that. Um, while chronologically it's been a month, you've only been out for about a week and a half. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think I made it clear because when you got su sucked mm -hmm. up, time passed extremely quickly beneath you. Ah. You, you were up there maybe like 20, maybe 30 minutes. That's not how much time passed when you got put Gotcha. Back. Okay. So then, yeah, I'll lead him back to the room at the end and call for Teraxis. Getting weird deja vu. Mm, Teraxis, darling, the gentleman you wanted to meet is here. Ah, good. As he, like, just kind of steps out of a wall. <laughs> uh, Kumiho will definitely jump at that. Uh, you can't see him just yet. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, wow, nice. I... You'd think I'd be uh, an old hat at this trick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, kids, want to see a dead body? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, let's see what he thinks of me, shall we? And uh, You'll feel a cold spot on your shoulder, uh, Kumiho. And uh, he'll think to his head, oh, I've never felt this sensation here, ever. <laughs> 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 I've always been toasty and warm. Yeah. Uh, he'll he'll kind of try to start to brush off, uh, like he feels like he legit has a there's a draft on him. 
when when you go to look over, you see like this big, almost skeletal-looking finger kind of just like poking you in the shoulder and like pulling away. Kumiho will uh will reel back in horror because he's with uh with all the crimson bastards as uh uh Jarn called them. Uh, he he's uh wasn't expecting this to be uh Adira's ally. So as you wheel around, you see Taraxis hunched down, his creepishly tall form contorted to fit more or less within the room. And his hood is down, uh, as it has been for quite a while. And as you see his mouth open wide as he speaks, Ah, hello there. <laughs> uh, composing himself, uh, he'll, he'll stand up straight, um, smooth out his his armor, just walk over and extend a hand. Ah, you must be a f- ally of Adira. Hello, I am Kumiho. Good day. This is Dick Horney, inviting you to explore the world of Dustress, a unique homebrew setting within an Elder's Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler, Cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A Native American. He he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager. Okay, so we're rolling into elves, aliens, and troll dolls. Through discovery of new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. Visit Eldritch Dream and Duster's Podcast on Twitter for details. Hi there, my name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to. I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. I'm the GM in the Starfinder Homebrew Adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian. I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. Well, well, well. These are the city slickers they send me. Asking for wine and a pretty glass. How about that? I mean, I, I did ask for the wine, but not exactly the pretty glass. Do you dig the graves yourself? I do. Seems tiresome, especially as of late. I've heard you had a few new arrivals. Yeah, it's been uh, a little bit weird lately. Uh, I'm not complaining too much because most of these people that wind up dead, they're ain't too much left to bury, so I don't even have to dig a full grave. As this collides in with him, his neck shoots back in this contorted position, 
and it says, I am the vanguard of the ancients. And then causes his entire body to explode, sending just pieces of gore and viscera across the entirety of the tavern. There's just stunned looks on everybody's faces except for the man in black who is currently still playing his guitar. LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5e podcast. Our current adventure is set in the fantasy Wild West and features orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D wherever you get your podcasts or head over to lcpdnd.com. A hero once arose to save the world from a darkness that smothered the land. He failed. For a thousand years since, the world has been a wasteland of ash and mist oppressed by an immortal emperor, the Lord Ruler. Every attempt at rebellion has failed miserably, yet hope remains. Two brothers learning to harness the metal-fueled magic known as Allomancy. Their aim? To tip the scales in the war against evil. Ashes and Allomancy is an actual play TTRPG podcast using the Savage Worlds rule set and is part of the Hexgrid Heroes podcast network. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And until next time, everybody. May the Elder Gods haunt your dreams.